Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. I met Father Bill about 32 years ago when he was appointed liaison to the Charismatic Renewal for the Diocese of Rochester. Father Bill got involved in the Charismatic Renewal much like I did. Our parents were charismatic and introduced us to the Renewal. And I'm so delighted to have him here today to share his testimony. Thank you. I'm going to give a talk today, and it's the first time really I've probably put all of these parts of this talk together. But I'm going to tell about how I really got involved in, in the charismatic renewal and how that led me into the ministry as a priest as well. Uh, you know, I grew up in a Catholic family. I, grew, I was uh, baptized in Albany Diocese and in Oneana, New York. And we, we lived in a number of little small towns around Oneana when I was real little. Always was connected with the church as a child. I remember many times going into the church and, and just praying. And it was nice when at night you could go in there and church was open and it would be dark and candles lit and I would spend time in prayer and talking to God. As I ended up going to, to college, I came up this way. I went to RIT. I was originally going to go there for engineering and decided in my senior year of high school, I didn't really like physics that well, so I thought maybe engineering's not the way. So I came to RIT for accounting. I ended up finishing school at RIT and was graduated in, in 72. And that ended up being kind of a, a, a key year for me as a person. I remember my brother at that time, he had, he had served in, in Vietnam and and, uh, and after I, I had graduated, I remember uh, getting a little letter saying that I had to report for a draft physical uh, for, the, for the service. And I remember, so my brother, though, had made a decision to move out west to Montana. And he was going to hitchhike out to Montana. He had some friends that were out there, and they were living in a, in a, in a, a, a community, a Christian community. It wasn't a Catholic community. But it was a, a, a Christian community, and it was really an, an old, big old farm in the middle of nowhere in, in near Superior, Montana. And so I remember the day that, that he was leaving. I drove up to Utica to go for my draft physical. I dropped him off at the thruway, and he started hitchhiking across the country. We'd been camping that weekend with my parents, so we had said goodbye to them, and then didn't know where the road would take us. But his journey, it really helped to help my journey in faith. Because as soon as he was out there a short time, he began writing in his letters, and, and he, and he would, would talk about the Holy Spirit, and talk about the, you know, who said, remember we received that in confirmation, we were strengthened with the Spirit. Well, he, he, would, he would talk about the Holy Spirit. And I said, my brother hasn't talked about prayer or God in a long time to me, you know. And, and then, then he also mailed me a, a Bible. And I thought, well, gee, he, he must be getting changed in his life. 
So, you know, I began to, to, to think more about that. And so did my mother. My mother was horrified, I think, that he was now not in a Catholic community. That he, he was in, in this group. She saw a change in him. She saw that that was good. But, but she was still concerned about, well, what's this he's talking about, about the Holy Spirit? So she began with, with my father. I'm sure he was just dragged along with her at first. But he, the, the two of them went to, to a prayer meeting. There were, it was in Oneana at St. Mary's at that time in the, in the convent. And uh, I, I think one of the sisters that was in that, that prayer group is uh, uh, Sister O'Brien, who, who's now down in Owego, running Tioga County Rural Ministry. But they began to go there. It was the Visitation Sisters, I believe, that had this prayer meeting. And so my, soon I was getting letters from not just my brother talking about God, but I was getting letters from my mother saying, oh, you know, we started going to this prayer meeting. We've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've been asking the Holy Spirit to help us in life. And, 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 and I remember being home once and going to a prayer meeting once or twice with him. My dad was even playing the guitar for him. He started playing the guitar. He never played an instrument like that in his life. <laughs> I go, certainly change is taking place. <laughs> so the next thing I knew, my mom sent me a list of every single Catholic charismatic prayer group in the state of New Jersey. I, I, I did get drafted into the army. I was, I was down at Fort Dix. And, and she sent me this list. And I remember, well, I remember one day I was, I didn't have really anything much to do that week, and I was really maybe start thinking about maybe asking God's help more in my life. And so I, I went to this one prayer meeting, and, and it was in a Poor Clare monastery somewhere, for the Sisters of, the, of Poor Clare. And I remember again, pulling up at night, and it was stone wall all around it, like a lot of old monastery with grill fence around it. And, and I didn't see any lights or action or life at all. I remember calling up the number that was in the brochure. The sister says to me, you must have a very old list. We haven't met on Wednesday night here in, in, in years. And I said, currently I aren't even having a prayer meeting here. I said, well, I could at least tell my mom I tried to go one, you know. <laughs> so I was drafted into the service, was there for two years, and that was quite a, a journey as well. But I stayed right there at Fort Dix. I used to interview people as they were initiate their personnel files on them. After I got out of the service, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got out. I knew that I really didn't want to work as an accountant or in business, really. So I was really wondering what I should do with my life. And I was back up here in Rochester, just down the road. I used to work at a Gates Big M. Worked there when I was going to college. And I was up for the weekend one day, and my boss, the produce manager, just died. 21 years old, he died of a brain hemorrhage. And he said, so I'm interviewing people for that position now. And he said to me, you used to do some produce for me, right? And I said, well, yeah, I, did. I worked with John, the produce manager while I was in college. She said, would you like the job? He says, I have to know this weekend because I'm interviewing people now and I, I got to tell them that I you know, made a decision. So I waited a day or two and then I, I gave him the answer that yes, I, I would take the job. He had to hold it open for me until I wasn't getting out of the service until November. So he had to do the job for a while. In the time that I was in the service, he got very involved in marriage encounter. In fact, I had some other friends that, that I, we used to rent from when I was in college. 
that they as well got very involved in marriage and counseling. And they never went to church except when their mother was visiting. So I saw the change in so many people's lives that these people had turned to ask God for their help in their lives so much. It began to take effect on me. And I remember when I, when I moved back here then, started working down the road as a produce manager, I thought, well, maybe I'll check out some of the prayer meetings that are in the area. And I remember my mom, as soon as I moved here, she sent me a new list of every prayer meeting in Monroe County. Monday night, I really wasn't doing much. And there was one listed in the, in the thing, I believe it said for Monday night. So I, I called up that number. And in fact, I might have went over to the, to, to the place first and, and you didn't see anyone around again. So I called the number and they said, oh, you must have a real old list. <laughs> says, we haven't met on that night in years. He said, we meet on Wednesday night now. Well, Wednesday night was my bowling night, so I said, the heck with that. So <laughs> Eventually, or that must have been in the spring, because bowling was over. And, and I, there was a person that I was working with that was going through a lot of difficulties. And I really felt it on my heart to pray for that person. And so I thought, I'm going to check out this prayer meeting. And they said that it was St. Pius X prayer group. And there's a number of people here that were in that group at the time. I remember going, and I did call, and I said, yeah, we're meeting Wednesday night. And I went, and I went real early, because I want to check it out, because if it doesn't look like something I want to stay around for, I'm getting out of the door before it's too late. I remember getting there so early that I ended up, Bob Dunning was the head, one of the leaders in the prayer group at the time. He was setting up chairs. And next thing I knew, I'm helping set up chairs and set up books out on a table as, uh, as they were getting ready. And I had a chance to talk with him. Well, I felt very comfortable around Bob. He had been in the seminary for a number of years, which I, I didn't know. And I really don't know if I knew anyone that had been in the seminary before. I started going to that prayer meeting. And I felt at home right away. I felt like the, the God had led me there. I got a little emotional trying to sing today before we started. I could feel that God's spirit maybe touched me with, with his healing grace. And I felt that many times in my life, my priesthood. But I think, for me, uh, when I get emotional like that, when I feel tears in my own heart and eyes, it's as if the presence of God is right there working. I started going to the prayer meeting. And I was going there for a number of months. So it went for quite a while. My mom always said, well, if they have a life in the spirit seminar, you ought to, you know, I asked for to be prayed over for baptism in the spirit. Well, they never mentioned the life in the spirit seminar at that time. Well, I kept going and going. And then they advertised the retreat that was coming up. And the retreat was a charismatic retreat in Casawago, New York, someplace out in Buffalo Diocese. Ended up, I had signed up to go on this retreat. But I said, if I'm going to go on a charismatic retreat, I really should pray to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to ask the Holy Spirit to be released in my life more. And I want to do that before I go on such a retreat. I mentioned it to them. The leaders of the prayer group, I've been waiting for this. You have a life in the Spirit seminar. I says, I really want to pray for baptism in the Holy Spirit. He says, well, we never asked you because we thought you already were. <laughs> And I think that says something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That God's Spirit comes into our lives and helps us to grow when we're open to it. Even the sacraments that we receive in church, they're a celebration of a pre-existent reality. That God's love is always there for us. We're celebrating that, that gifts that we receive 
in God's presence. I wanted to be prayed over before I went on that retreat. But I had some questions, so I remember going over to Bob's house that night, and he and Pat, his wife, shared with me about the Holy Spirit. And they, they did it for quite a while. And, and I had some questions. Well, what about the Old Testament? You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit coming. Jewish people don't pray to the Holy Spirit. But he mentioned all the ways that the Spirit of God was there in the Old Testament times. That the, the Spirit of God was what came upon the, the leaders when they were anointed. That came upon the priests and came upon the prophets. That God's Spirit was there working in, in individuals. But he's talked about how the Holy Spirit was really a gift to us all. And that it, that it had been prophesied through the, the prophets of old. That the Spirit of God would be given to all of humankind. The next day at the, at the prayer meeting, they were going to be praying over me. But I remember I was riding home in the car on the way from there. And I began to just praise God. And the next thing I knew, I was singing in tongues. And it kind of startled me. <laughs> Normally I didn't sing by myself even. But, but I just felt the, the, a sense of peace that spirit was with me. And I remember the next day at the prayer meeting, they prayed over me. I think I was too afraid to pray in tongues before anyone else. I don't think I prayed in tongues that day. But I, I just felt different. I felt that God's spirit was, was really growing in, in my life. I went on the retreat at Katsadaga, I think that's. And I got there, and I remember going in the evening... It was already dark out. I couldn't see. It was out in the middle of nowhere. No, no lights or anything around. It started raining even. When I got there, I parked, parked my car and went in. And, and I remember the one thing that happened was that that night I couldn't sleep. And it ended up, I got a roommate for the retreat. And I didn't even know he was going on the retreat. It was, it was David Haywood, who was, I had met at the prayer meeting at Pius. And the two of us were there. He had just graduated from Fairfield uh, University at the time. Neither of us could get to sleep that night. And we kept wondering, you know, we just felt that maybe there was a presence around us that, that wasn't good. So I remember we got up, we exercised for a while, we prayed together a little while, and I still couldn't get to sleep. Well, I must have drifted off to sleep eventually. But what did I do when I fell asleep? I began dreaming that I couldn't get to sleep. <laughs> I was playing over all the same questions again. And I remember saying, well, do you think it was those people that were playing so much music out of tune, you know, that got us off on the wrong start? Or, uh, and, and just as a, then I said, well, do you think it was something from outside? And the priest had mentioned that down the road from the retreat house, there was a spiritualist group. So when I, when I said to myself, do you think it's something from outside? All of a sudden, I couldn't move. And I saw this devil's face come right at me. I wake up, I, I'm, and I remember I couldn't move. I was pinned to the bed. I, I could see my friend next to me in the next bed, and thinking I'll, I'll try calling out to him. Nothing would come out. I couldn't talk. So then I remembered, or the Bible was on the floor next to the bed. And suddenly it came into my mind a prayer that someone had given me at the prayer meeting on a, a, a little card. It says, I claim the power of the precious blood of Jesus on my conscious and subconscious being. I prayed that prayer in my head. I just, I, and I, what got me is, I don't think I knew that prayer. I didn't memorize it myself, but it, the words came back to me. When I began to pray that prayer, I remembered the Bible. And I was able to reach down, grab the Bible, and put it on my chest. And whatever that feeling of pressing me down all of a sudden was gone. 
And I remember waking up David then, saying, David, I had this terrible dream. <laughs> I said, He's, and he very calmly said, as you get closer to God, some Satan tries to scare us off in different ways. And I said, oh, okay, that's fine. He said, maybe we ought to tell the priest about it tomorrow. Okay, and that was fine. It was a good explanation to me. I went right to sleep. I remember talking to David years later. He says, yeah, you told, I couldn't get to sleep for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that because I think as we do draw closer to God, there's so many times that the devil tries to prevent us from growing in our relationships with the Lord. And that we, we need to be prepared at times for that. Fortunately, someone had gave me that prayer to help me be prepared. I claim the power, the precious blood of Jesus on my conscious and subconscious being. I don't know how many people I've given that prayer to through the years since. But I think it's, it's one that would, would help me to really grow and, and listen to the Lord in my life and, and to not be afraid of, of the things that might be a, a temptation and distraction for me in life. I began to, to get more and more involved in the charismatic renewal. And I began to feel that maybe I should be asking for help now as to what I should do in my life. I began not just to wonder what I should do as a produce manager. You know, when I took that job, I said, I'll do it at least for a year. Because this guy kept it open for me for months. I said, I owe it to him. But I began to ask God, well, what do you want me to do, God? A revelation. I never had done that before. I never asked God, well, what's, what's your will for me? What's your plan for me? So I began to pray in that way. And when I did, I began to feel the Spirit kind of leading me, and I got more and more involved in the prayer group at uh, Pius X. And then I remember one summer I went out to the University of Notre Dame for a charismatic conference. I remember there were like 40,000 people there in the football stadium at Notre Dame. Now, I heard the weather report for the next evening into Monday was supposed to be rain. That's all it did for the whole weekend that I was in Notre Dame. It poured like crazy. I remember that they kept singing the song. Under the spout where the glory comes out, there is no grief or pain. I'll always remain where there's plenty of rain under the spout where the glory comes out. <laughs> and it was very fitting. <laughs> we were... But when that retreat began, I remember there was a word of prophecy in the, in the stadium. And people had been praising God like we, you know, we were before we started tonight. And, and as they were praising God, someone had a word of prophecy that was really a word of chastisement. It was really calling people to repentance. And, and yet the response was so many people, oh, praise God, thank you, Lord, thank you. And I remember thinking in my heart, that's not the right response. We should be on our knees right now. And all of a sudden, then one of the, the leaders uh, with the microphone said, that's not the right response. You know, we, and so for, for me, that was a sign of discernment for me. I said, well, maybe the Lord is calling me to, to some position of leadership in the church. I never thought about priesthood at all. Or that even then that the Lord might be calling me to priesthood. I realized that something was, was changing. And I, before I'd gone on retreat, my friend David, he had ended up going into Beckett Hall, college seminary. And he suggested to me to get a, a spiritual director. And I really didn't know many people that asked to do that. But I'd gone to St. Augustine's parish, and it was a, they had a week with the Lord Jesus there. And on that time, I, I went to confession to the priest there. 
Try calling that priest. Well, I don't know if you know, priests are sometimes kind of hard to get a hold of. And that was the case. <laughs> On the last day of the retreat, I said to myself, I'm going to call that priest when I get back and see if he'll be a spiritual director for me. And when I did, oh, excuse me, the last day of the retreat then, they remember they were singing and praising God. And I could hear someone in the section of the football stadium that was up above us, like, singing off-key. And I go, that's that priest. That's, that's Father Simon. I said, I know that, he, that voice anywhere. It was, it was one you didn't want to hear like that singing. Ended up, when I got back, I made an appointment. And, and I shared, basically, my journey in faith w with him. And he said to me, have you ever thought about the priesthood? And I said, no, not really. But then I said, but if I, you know, if I went the priest, I'd have to go back to school for at least, at least five, six years. I'd never liked school to begin with. I said, I would have to do this and that. And, and he said to me, well, it sounds like you've thought about it a lot more than you realize. Because I, I didn't know the steps, cause, probably because David was on the end of that journey and I had asked him. In the end, he said to me, there's only one way to find out. That's to, to, to really jump in the water, to, to go to the seminary. He says, don't go there thinking you're necessarily going to be a priest, but that you're trying to discern if you're being called to the priesthood. If God's calling you, the things will be there for you. And so I thought, well, that was good advice. I remember getting in contact with Beckett Hall. At the time, it was on St. John Fisher campus. The new rector there was Father Tom Stack. He, he had just started, and I, he, I called up and made an appointment to meet with him in the evening. I had to scurry across town after working all day and get over to the other side of the, of the city and at Beckett Hall. When I got there, I go to open the door, it's locked. I go, is this a sign, God? You know. <laughs> So I remember I saw a little bench there, and there was a little statue, and I went over and I sat down. And I said, Lord, if you really want me to be a priest, you'll open the right doors for me and close the wrong ones. A few minutes later, Father Stack comes up all apologetic and says, you know, I was visiting some parishioners in the, in the hospital, and there was a fire drill. Their fire alarm went off. They locked, us, they locked the doors. We couldn't get out. I, I meet with him. I share with him my story, basically what I'm sharing with you today. And, and he said, well, as far as I'm concerned, he said, I don't know how fast you could go, but if you, if you want to come here, you, you could do it. He says, you still would have to fill out an application with the school. You'd have to take psychological tests. You'd have to do this and that. But school starts at the end of, of August. I think this was like the 31st of July or the 1st of August that I was talking to him. I, I began to, to look in, in that journey. I had to figure out my finances. I had to figure out what I was going to do with all of my belongings. Figured out what I was going to... To, had to give notice at work, give notice at my uh, apartment. And I said, remember that prayer, Lord, open the right doors and close the wrong ones. Well, when I told my boss at work, he was happy. You know, we had been praying with each other every morning before we started work for my uh, last year. And uh, he, so he was very pleased that, that I had thought that. He said, I'm going to miss you here, but the Lord's calling. So then I, I gave notice at my apartment. Uh, said, said to me, oh, don't worry about the security deposit. I'm sure I can rent this out to someone else right away. I'll give you the security deposit back. And she even gave me a little extra money. What should I do with my bicycle? I said, I take a... Well, someone stole it. <laughs> so I didn't, have to, 
and then I got more money back on the insurance than I paid for it because it was replacement value. I still had some belongings and I said, I don't want to really get rid of everything. But this one lady in, in, in the prayer group, an elderly lady, and she said to me, you know, I've just cleaned out my whole house. As a widow, she raised all their kids. They were all out of the house now. So she said, I told all my kids to take whatever they want in the house and I'm getting rid of all the rest of their stuff. The house had all been cleared out. So she says, I got extra room here now. The garage is all cleared out. You can store stuff in the garage. And it says, if you need a place on, on holidays and vacations to stay, you can stay with us. And your parents, if they're visiting, they could stay here. I go, wow, you know. That, that answered a lot of questions. But I still had this big couch and love seat. I said, what am I going to do with them? They just bought them. They were almost brand new. And all of a sudden, this couple that I worked with, they were going to get married. And they said to me, what are you going to do with a couch and love seat? I said, I don't, I don't. <laughs> he says, well, you know, we really like them. We like to buy them from you. So, so I ended up, I sold them, sold them to them. And, and so all of a sudden, all of those obstacles that seemed like big obstacles in a short period of time, everyone was taken care of. I had enough money then to, to pay for the tuition that, that year and things. I began to, to think, well, God does answer prayers in that way, I guess. Open the right doors and close the wrong ones. I started on that, that journey toward, towards the priesthood then. They were having a conference in Toronto right before uh, I would have to report to the school for, uh, at, at St. John Fisher College. I even had time to go on that. My parents went on it with me and a lot of people from the prayer group. And we went up to uh, Toronto for a charismatic conference right before I started. All of this within less than a month time. And I remember the, the bigger thing was when I went to see the spiritual director back at that time, he said, you know, Father Stats knew here. If, you, if I, I had talked to you first, I said, I wouldn't have let you come here now. He said, well, that should make you wait at least six months, if not a year. He, he's rushing you right through. That was another uh, obstacle to overcome. But, but we, we became good, good friends as, as the years went, went on. I never held it against him. But the way that the Spirit opened the right doors for me at that time. I remember even, I was only there a short time, a couple weeks. And they had a thing where they were sending seminarians out to preach on vocations. And they would send all the seniors out, even from Beckett Hall. Well, I was only going to be there for one year to study philosophy and, and religious studies before St. Bernard's. And he wasn't going to send me because I'd only been there a short time. Then they had so many requests, they ended up sending me. And I remember <laughs> I went to Phelps and, and preached preach there uh, on vocations. And, and it really was a great affirmation to me that I had gone in that right journey. Well, I would go on to St. Bernard's. I get a kick out of it because the last time I was in the diplomat was when St. Bernard's Seminary closed. But my journey then, you know, led me really to, to uh, ordination. It certainly wasn't an easy road. It was very difficult at times in the seminary. I saw so many different obstacles that had taken place. I remember even some of the faculty that first year were, were at loggerheads with each other. I go, this is not what I see as the ideal way to, for things to go. I saw so many people that I saw as being, being ones that would have made great priests make decisions to leave the seminary. And every time that I did, it would be a difficult thing. Well, 
should I be here then? If they're leaving, they seem to be better than me. And so those questions were always there. But I think the Lord really challenged me in, in time to recognize that, that the one that we're called to follow is Jesus. That Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. And that the Lord is calling us to follow him no matter what difficulties come our way. Certainly, as we look at the difficulties in the church right now, when we've seen uh, become disillusioned in so many ways by the, the sinfulness of, of people who we looked up to as leaders, that it is a painful thing to deal with. There's so many times we face painful things in our own life, when people that are close to us disappoint us, when we see uh, religious leaders be, act sinfully, or, or people in our own families, or our, our own uh, neighborhoods, our own friends, it can be a great disappointment to us. And we can wonder, well, where's God in all this? Well, Jesus is the one who is continually leading us. And I think we always have to remember that he himself, betrayed by Judas, betrayed really by his disciples who fled and weren't with him at the cross. And yet he continued to follow the will of the Father. And I believe the Lord challenges each and every one of us to be a people who follow the will of the Father, who seek that will by asking for God's Spirit to reveal it to us in our lives, and to ask for that special grace to, to be able to respond with a living faith that brings His love and His healing grace into our lives and the people's lives that we touch each day. The Lord called me on a journey. I never dreamed that the journey would take me to the priesthood. I never dreamed that the journey would would take me in so many different directions that it has. But I faithfully follow, asking God's Spirit to continue to give me the direction I need and to help me to give direction and help to others on that journey as well. So just thank you for this day. Let me share with you uh, part of my journey, a good part of it, for many years. Years that have gone by quickly, but years that I, I felt the support and encouragement of so many people on life's journey. People like yourselves who are people of prayer. People who are trying to follow the will of God in your own way, in your own life. And I pray that God's spirit will rest upon each of you to give you the strength and courage always in the days ahead. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.